0: Hello, I'm Fox from Grapple Arcade with another Cella Toys Podcast. And I'm joined once again by my tag team partner, Chains or oh, Skull. How are you doing, Pablo?
1: One of the three. Um I'm alright. Um yeah, i will be Chains. I don't mind that Chin. He got out of DOA before we went downhill.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to give you a chance to choose which tag team partner you were. Um, Chains is reliable.
1: Did you know that uh, Chains was uh, Val Venus's debut match?
0: Was it really? Was that his debut match, was it? Mm-hmm. Was it? What was his uh, Ten- final match? Or
1: <laughs> well, who Chains is, or?
0: Anyone's.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that could have been Chains' final match as well on TV. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember Val Venus's second match. Don't ask do why. Yeah. S. A. Rios? It bloody was. Joking. It was when he was. Co- I'm. I'm t- God, honest truth. It was. Do you remember when he was called Papichulo?
0: I do. Yeah.
1: In uh, which means pimp daddy. Apparently. Yeah. Um,
0: Changed that quickly, didn't he?
1: <laughs> or well, just that,
0: because he were bringing the Godfather in and he didn't want to get it confused.
1: Very possibly. He had his fingernails. I mean, they, look,
0: they look a lot the same, don't they?
1: It would be easy to mix them up. He, d- he had his fingernails pierced, which uh, you know, g- good fame.
0: In during wrestling matches?
1: <laughs> yeah, especially when he faced draws in Prince Albert.
0: Uh, How many pieces well, that... did Nails have? Did he shouldn't, have Nails,
1: shouldn't Nails have feud with Greg the Hammer Valentine?
0: You should have, a hundred percent. Hammer and nail. And there should have been a three way with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs>
1: But That's really good that you've got a serious... I mean, this is not what we're talking about for no, the entire I, podcast. Honestly,
0: that was... Uh, there must have been some kind of fragment of memory there for that name to jump out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, Skull. I mean, that's, again, not who we're here to talk about today because, of course, we're here to talk about something a bit different from the norm. Um, obviously, so far, things have been normal. Run-of-the-mill Grapple Arcade podcast episode where me and Paul just talk shit. Um yeah. For ten minutes, but unlike our previous episodes where we've deep dived into a particular character, this one's a little bit different because we had a special, lovely, wonderful, nice opportunity for our Paulia to have a little sit down Wee. and a little bit of a chat with none other than the legend, Mr. Adam Bomb, Brian Clark.
1: Woo! I counted that.
0: I can't, a, well,
1: literally. Did you feel his wrath?
0: Did you piss him off?
1: I, um, I think I did when I, I, I criticized him for re-releasing something and knocking the value off the thing that I had.
0: He, ah, well, well. Mm,
1: no. <laughs> no, I I'm, think he was fine. He he was like, I don't care, mate. Like, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like if that's possible, you know, I, he's not customer uh, complaints department, you know what I mean? He's the actual head of Adam Bomb
0: Incorporated. So, uh, and he's got uh, a hell of a lot of amazing merch kicking about these days. Like oh, some of those true. shirts I've seen, man, they're sick. I really want to get hold. There's, there's two in particular I want to get hold of. And I'm really waiting for them because, I, you know, I wish I had the opportunity to have said to him, look, I've ordered with your designer, mate, because what we all want is basically a T-shirt version of your singlet. <laughs> like just knock out that red and yellow or green and black or what a blue and yellow, whatever, squiggly line with the radioactive warning sign in the middle of the shirt. And I'd buy that all day
1: i think it could happen i think he's opening to li- open to listening to ideas as well i mean that's the thing what i love talking about him because i, I never try to do like just a wikipedia list of you know career highlights when questioning yeah. and stuff like that but i love diving into outfits that people wore and or, yeah. like looks and when someone is so invested in their character that they remember every costume they remember when they wore it all the, i'm like mate that's that's entirely my line of questioning, like especially when he's into his merchandise as well, and it's yeah. just uh, Brian Clark, Adam Bomb, um, and it helps that you know it is his, uh, which he confirms throughout uh, in the interview as well. People ask me
0: for any independent toy maker there's always going to be the question of who has the IP, who owns what. As you've just said there, Brian confirmed throughout that he owns all the IP to pretty much everything he's doing, which is which is music to everybody's ears.
1: That's true. Hardcore journalism on, on my part. Um, Absolutely. Asking the questions that need to be asked. Like, uh, you know, uh, why did you you know paint your tongue red? There's a question.
0: There's a question. Did he answer it? <laughs> he did answer it. He was like, come go. on. Um, Don't tell anybody. Let them listen. I'm not going to um, I mean, the thing is as well is that you'll probably pick up in this episode, for anybody who listens, all the way through, is that there are a couple of, sort of um, snippets and drops of what could be coming up in the near future. Now, this was recorded before, naturally, today, as news is breaking, of the simple fact that there is a variant announced.
1: You know what? Just the concept behind this (laughs) makes it one of my favourite figures of all time. And I'm not just saying this because the Cello podcast and we're the hosts. Um, I love it when... If merchandise is made of anyone, if it just makes perfect sense for the gimmick, and I've never seen anything as good as this. To be honest, like this is brilliant. Yeah, I like, you Want to tell everyone?
0: This, yeah, this is the um, the variant, the highly radioactive, toxic <laughs> green glow in the dark, Adam Bomb jellatoy's action figure. <sighs> Now, obviously, what, if you Victor... listen to this, chances are you've seen the thumbnail and the image of the atom bomb. This very figure is part of the thumbnail here. So you'll get to see that. But go and check out Cello Toys on Twitter or Cello Toys on Instagram or ChellaToys.net because there'll be images on there, if not now, very soon, of this figure to see what we mean because the pre orders will be available very soon, if not already, depending on what time you're listening to this. So yeah, it's just it's just great. You've just nailed it, man. It just it makes so much sense for the character. It's just something that
1: you know. I one thing I love about Chella is that the thinking outside of the box with the names that they're able to sign, and it's being creative with it, and uh, you know, um, looking at different outfits when it makes sense as well. Because I know that the fact that this this other cello toys adam bomb figure you know he's wearing his uh basically his alternate gear from 1993 the green and yellow and it's not the one that most people associate with him but there's already a another figure out there with the original gear sort of thing so it makes yeah. sense and but the extra effort that was put into it with the removable goggles the yeah. glow, the uh Not grown the dark eyes, but the colored eyes to represent, you know, uh, the nuclear explosion that he somehow survived and then decided he wanted to become a wrestler because of it. Um, And they they do think outside the box for having recognizable costumes, but also doing things like say that suit the gimmick as well. And it's just I I can't say enough good things about it, to be honest, because like that's the thing. I don't want to talk about it too much because we're going to it in the interview. Yeah. Um, and we talk about the figure at length as well. But the fact that Brian Clark is so into this relationship with Chella, because you know he you know has creative input, and um, that's partly you know why these great ideas happen as well. And Chella, or uh, you know, <laughs> they say yes, so to good ideas basically.
0: Yeah, they do absolutely and they hugely appreciate the fan base and the ideas that get sent as well because they're open all ears to everybody so without further ado stay tuned coming next after the short break the Adam Baum interview check it oh, out yeah the Grebble Arcade hands off the merchandise dig it ladies
2: and gentlemen retro style wrestling, wrestling action figures from Jellatoys.net Bring the legends, the present, and the future
0: back to the classics.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the official Cello Toys podcast on bbgrestling.com. I am Pablo and with me, I mean, if... if you told me when I was a kid that I would get to interview some of my wrestling heroes. I had this man's poster on my wall uh, in 1994, and uh, I still have merchandise on my wall of his now. I'm a Mark. I'll, I'll raise my hand. You know, I don't care. Uh, I have with me the creation of devastation. I have with me Adam Baum, also known as, well, probably better known as Mr. Brian Clark. Hello. Hello. How are you on? How's it going? I'm good. That's Clark without the E. This is why I couldn't find you. I'm an idiot. I, I don't know why. I think, for, for, well, you know. well, for years, I think I've just spelt your name with an E for, for whatever reason. It just seems it's a very British thing to do, I think, add the E to the end of uh,
2: yes. your well, name. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, I've never used the E, but I, again, it's a, it's a European thing. Yeah i
1: think it is how many times do people spell your name with an i with brian um occasionally
2: it varies most of the time they ask um but it varies yeah
1: cool well uh we are here to uh sort of go into the past where i live basically as you can tell by all the stuff around um and we're here to talk about your new cello action figure as well which is very very exciting now as a kid I've got to fill you in on this because you're, you're aware of how rare that Adam Bomb Hasbro figure is. Um, that figure just about made it over here, and but I missed out on it because I think it was so scarce because it was near the end of the Hasbro line. And if you were lucky to get that figure, I mean, people didn't know it back then, but you were sitting on a gold mine, basically, and now you have to basically sell a kidney, I think, to be able to get it. <laughs> Get the Adam Bomb um, action figure, which is a crime because it should be in everyone's collection. But Cella have uh, done the Lord's work. They have uh, reached out and are not only making a new Adam Bomb with removable goggles, which is just like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, Also, in your alternate attire from 19, which was debuted in 1993, the sort
2: of lime green yellow that was from the uh, 93 survivor series at the boston garden yeah um and you were in the match
1: with uh, i mean your opponents were razor one two three kid janetti and as a surprise replacement it was randy savage now mr right. perfect was meant to be in that match and i believe this was during the whole you know his back injury the Lloyds of london policy and everything and how close to the match did you know that mr perfect wasn't going to be there
2: um, if I think back on it, maybe uh, maybe a week, maybe less. I, I'm just not. I'm, I cannot remember. Um, but I, I, I think it was sort of a last minute kind of a decision. Yeah. Wow.
1: It it did you feel that, that – I mean, don't get me wrong. It, replacing Perfect with Randy Savage, two all time greats. It's a win win situation. But did you feel that it was? You know, because people will have bought the pay per view potentially to see Mister Perfect. Was the kind of uh, some acrimony, I guess, and some disappointment that someone had pulled out of the match?
2: No, I, I don't. I don't even think they even would think twice about it. Um, I've got. i I'd, I'd gotten to work with Randy and with Kurt. Uh, you know, Kurt later on in WCW, and then of course Randy in both places. But yeah, there was no. I mean, there was no letdown. I mean, Randy was. I mean. It was just a great, you know, who better than Randy to take that spot? I mean, because he, he couldn't appear. So, yeah, I mean, it was – there was no letdown at all.
1: No. And in the Boston Garden as well, that's where Randy Savage won the Intercontinental title from Tito. So he's a legend in the Boston Garden. Um yeah. That's a very unique arena as well with all the, uh, the hockey uh, flags oh, hanging off the bot- top right. and everything. So, I mean, were there certain arenas like that where you could just, obviously Madison square garden, like were there any others that really felt unique and different when you went into them?
2: Uh, and I'm not just saying this because this is the UK show, but just about everywhere in the UK, we just had during that time frame, we ran Europe all the time. I, I I told somebody the other day i i worked ten shows in one year, ten loops in Europe and I loved it. Um, I was in the military, and I was stationed in Belgium, so I was very familiar with with Europe uh, and, and it was just I absolutely loved it. Uh, but there were a few places in the states um, one of one of the few that I like I like the Pittsburgh uh, I like their place um, uh, Chicago United Center. But also, I also like the Anaheim Pond uh, out in L.A. Yeah, that was always. uh, And even San Jose had just really good fans. It just, you know, every city is a little different. There's certain arenas that always look
1: great on TV. And and back then the arenas looked different inside. Every arena looks the same now, which I think is a shame. And especially the way they're set up as well. This almost set up to look the same. But I always thought the Anaheim Pond looked great on TV, in particular. Yeah. Um,
2: I, I I enjoyed walking there. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. you speak of the European tours. I mean, the, the things. I mean, this was from a European program. Um, I, got,
2: I got that one. <laughs> have you got
1: that? So, okay, let's let's play. Let's see what you've got. So you must have faced one t kid
2: on this. On this tour i'm guessing because it's the opposite page it's possible yeah um, um we interchanged all the time sometimes uh nightly i would work casket matches with taker i would work with randy i would work uh, with brett I, it, it just it was always somebody different it seemed like but some tour some tours you'd actually work the same guy it each it, it, it varied each each time so yeah this one have you seen this one uh I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but yeah, I kept all my programs. So yeah. Did, uh, did
1: Bob stiff you
2: at all? Uh, maybe I stiffed him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work, I worked, I worked pretty stiff too. So it, it you know, it doesn't bother me.
1: Uh, and, and somewhere where you wrestled more than once in Japan, uh, this is from the, uh, the shows that you did for Tenru. Um yeah, that too, yes. Yeah. This it's is a rare bad. one. This is a rare one, but with the Undertaker really. post. Yeah. Huh? um <laughs> I didn't know that. Do you remember, do you know this jobber?
2: <laughs> I do not, but I think I got a space pretty torn apart there. But yeah, I, I I had that. Yes, absolutely.
1: Did you like doing that with the underneath talent just stretching their mouth like
2: that? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was, you know, like I said, I was a little, I was a snug worker, at, you know, and uh, that's just, um, they knew that going in. I wasn't going to hurt them yeah. on purpose. Uh and hopefully they didn't screw up anything, you know, because we've we've all been there in that point of our career, learning and trying to get better and better. Uh, but television is not the place to go, and and uh, you know, there's you need to work work your way up through those minor leagues before you get on television. And I I learned that firsthand. So yeah.
1: And um, one thing that always intrigued me with the Adibom character when you first came in because you you worked immediately with uh, tom fleming the great tom fleming who uh sent me some prints and some other things as well and i got to interview him largely about you and all of your uh attires and everything um, so right. that he was working for the company at the time so did you you and him just hit it off immediately i'm guessing because you're still working together now
2: uh, yes we did uh we had lost lost touch um at least 20 years uh I didn't know that he had moved on to Marvel Comics, which is yeah. which, which is awesome. But I reached out to him and I had him do me uh a new a new bomb shirt. Not not this particular one, but uh I had him do me one that's called nuclear warning. Um and it's just like a hell storm of green and, and toxic, and I'm standing there holding a flag, a nuclear flag, and it's just it's just really and it's you can tell it's Marvel Comics uh and we made we made a poster we just came out with it in 2021 we did a poster uh t-shirts uh, the works on it and it, it it's it's a beautiful piece of art uh and and um it looks very much like a a comic book hero really that was always my
1: thing with adam Bond, the the poses and everything and especially with the the goggles um the that would light up and everything um it it always looked because comp- I love 1993 in particular. Like I could tell you that year, Inside Out, and uh, I remember the first Adam Bomb match that I saw. At, you know, at the time was against Virgil, and um,
2: oh, Ben Sorry about that. And yeah, that didn't he, put me off or anything. It was fine. <laughs> like two left feet, man. Oh, <laughs> did you so get? To, hard, he was so hard to work with. Did you oh. wrestle him in WCW as well at all? No,
1: no, never. <laughs> By request.
2: <laughs> no way. I, you know, he's a nice guy, but I'm just, you know, he just I don't know what if he gets too he gets too excited or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: um well one uh, thing that one thing that intrigued me about because everyone knows that gear. Um right. but on this picture underneath, there's kind of like an inverted colours kind of gear, um, where it's more orange and yellow. Um you know, wow. it's, there was was
2: a, a, yes, I did have I did have one that color also. So that was that
1: the kind of uh, the aim just to just mix things up immediately, just to have a couple of different interesting looks.
2: Um I waited a while. I stayed with the, the original for a while and then I wanted to mix it up with some, some of the nuclear glowing, the orange, the green, lime green. You know, I wanted to mix it up. Um, and and still you know still stay with the design but yet change the the pop
1: to it. Yeah, I want to stay on the outfits just for a little bit because Adam Baum had especially when you turned face as well. You really uh, you know played with the designs and everything. There was the black singlet, the blue one. Uh, there was another green one, uh, and then I, I think on the last on the final pay per view that you did, which was on my birthday in your house against uh, Mabel. Uh, you went back to your original outfit. Was there a reason behind that?
2: Um, I just sort of, like. I, th- I think that it looked better and I changed up some of the design on it. It's not quite like the original. Right. Um, it was better material, better, thicker. The original stuff was was uh, not very durable and, and ring, just wasn't real made for the ring versus like that last one that you got to see that you mentioned. That one had a lot more durability.
1: When you say durability, you didn't have any wardrobe malfunctions on anything, did you? No.
2: no, no, I got I got lucky, I guess.
1: You always hear about wrestlers with singlets, especially if they go for the suplex and then they hold the singlet, and you know things will fall out where they may.
2: Oh no, I, I guess I got lucky on that one.
1: I guess so. You, I mean, to be fair, you you shouldn't be suplexing Adam Bomb because that that does not fly. Um,
2: yeah. Every once in a while it happened, but you know. <laughs>
1: um, so you uh, you were in WCW and are you are you fine talking about that infamous Night Stalker match? Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I, lo- I love my time there. It was great.
1: Because I um I, I bought Starcade ninety as a as a kid. I love the black scorpion. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, you're um, talking about you're talking
2: about really early night. You're talking about that.
1: The, the, the infamous uh, Night Stalker match, that kind of... Oh, uh,
2: yeah, that was awful, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I mean, I, w- I had not been trained. I was green as grass, uh, as green as you could get, and they threw me out there. I uh, was not ready. I was, like I said, I was a former former military veteran turned college football player, but also a collegiate and Air Force powerlifting champion. So that, I was always athletic and stuff, and I could I was able to grasp it, but not that fast. I mean, I was just thrown out there. Uh, and, of course, it, it was a mess. Um, yeah, I just was – if I had been trained, I would have loved to have been ready. Uh, but, but wrestling it takes a while to, to, to make your craft your own.
1: So was it – I mean, I'm guessing you received a lot of unfair criticism for that, but did you feel that you had to hold back? You couldn't really – because it wasn't like there was internet back then or any social media or No, no. Like I,
2: I knew that um, I had went out and fell on my face. I knew that. And I was going to prove everyone wrong. And I did. Um, I kept working. And, and I purposely kept the name Night Stalker. I couldn't change the name and said, OK, and go hide under a rock and said it's a horrible match. And, well, I didn't. I said, I'm going to keep the Night Stalker name. And I'm going to prove to people that I can work and I can get picked up by a company and I can get a push, which I ended up getting into Smoky mountain wrestling, getting a push, being the television champion of Smoky mountain wrestling, having Kevin Sullivan as my manager, all as the Night stalker. So um, yeah, I really had, that was in my mindset. It was like, I'm not changing this. I'm going to prove to the people that rightly so uh, buried it, which, it should have been, yeah. uh, but again, I didn't ask. Hey, put me on, put me on TV right now. I, that was not my choice.
1: Yeah, that, that's the thing. It is something that people don't realize that you know. Uh, y- if you felt that you weren't ready, you wouldn't be out there. But I guess if you're under a contract, you kind of have to to a point. Well, to... I, I really
2: wasn't. I really wasn't under a contract. That was it. Right. Was yeah, I was just uh, a, a hire for the day.
1: Did you ever meet Jim Hurd? or?
2: I don't ever recall meeting him. I may have passed him in the hallway, but no, I did. I talked to mostly my all my communications were with uh, Jody Hamilton, who ran the power plant, and Dwayne Bruce. But at the time when I was there, it was not called the power plant. It was just it, it was just there was one ring, and there was an old it was an old carpet warehouse. It was nothing like the facility that would later be, um, you know, everyone that would, that people would talk about.
1: Yeah. So, um, growing up watching uh, Florida Championship Wrestling then, was working with Kevin Sullivan just crazy for you? Uh, it, was that who you watched? Because that Army of Darkness stuff is oh, yeah, insane. Yeah. And I recommend anyone check it out on YouTube if they get the chance.
2: Yes, it was It was amazing. Um, and even as amazing, if not maybe more so, was that the way I got into Smoky Mountain was that I got to work uh, – an outlaw show is what we call them, or a, a smaller independent. And I worked with Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorf. And he's the one who put me over to Jim Cornette. And Jim Cornette says, okay, bring him up. And they hired me.
1: I don't think it gets much better of a recommendation than Paul Orndorf. Because yeah. I can't imagine he recommends many people
2: knowing. Yeah, and I had worked him that weekend and he was going, he was going back up there. And next thing you know, he put, a, he put in a word for me. I didn't, you know, I didn't ask him to or anything, but he did it. He said, hey, I got this guy, you know, I know this guy.
1: And that's uh, how it happened. So did Cornet really uh, help with your promos? Like, had you done much before well, then? I had not done a whole lot prior to
2: a lot of yelling, screaming, the old, the old <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now it's just its so much easier, you know, just put all these podcasts and stuff there. I don't even think about it. I just do it. Uh, yeah, But back then, uh, yeah, but Jim was very, very helpful, very uh, never let me forget a prop or, or what I was doing or what the topic. And he was very hands on as far as all the energy stuff, which I, I loved it. I really uh, and, and I appreciate what he did for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: nice. I uh, before we get into, uh, you know, Adam Baum uh, fully, uh, how much partying did you do with Herb Abrams?
2: None. <laughs> okay I, that's not i'll tell you i really do not uh i only did a couple of shows for her people think i worked for him for a while i only did a couple of TV tapings and they were in the carolina area i don't even know i don't even remember meeting him um mm. uh, and paul also got me on on those two couple of shots it was they were just TV tapings and that was it so i do not remember uh i'm sure I, maybe i did meet him and say hello and and that was about it, yeah. So, in terms
1: of your training, then, because I, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I mean, I would imagine that you know the former power plant and Cornette would train you as a big man, but also you could fly. Uh, so okay, well, yeah. did they know See, that,
2: or was that something that you learned um, going on? Right. That's something they learned about me going forward, but I, because I was still training at at the old carpet warehouse, and I and I, you know, I was doing drop kicks and off the top, slingshot elbows, tilt to world, you name it, I was doing it. And I wanted to do it. I don't. I wanted to separate myself from be. I didn't want to be a big guy, six six plus two ninety, and have two moves. I hated yeah. that. I absolutely hated it. Uh, oh, I can give you a big boot or an elbow or. You know what? Come on, be. And, I, and I was athletic enough to do it, so I want I wanted to prove, um you know, that I could do it, and of course, within the psychology of a match.
1: See, so one part part of what I liked about Adam Bomb as well. Unlike, and don't get me wrong, I love guys like the Warlord, Barbarian, Haku, and stuff. But Adam Bomb, you could tell that you were young and had like a cool factor with the long hair and the beard and everything.
2: I thought that was like a I got it. I got it now, brother. It's just that it's uh it's just for men. I'm working on that indoor I'm working on that endorsement plug. So go ahead and uh Yeah. <laughs> see, we, we can be a before and after. I'll be the before.
1: <laughs> well,
2: see you, you don't need it yet. You're too young. I'm too young. Well, yeah. No, but I, I mean, yeah, in terms I of the a... size
1: and everything, I'll just be like like that, and then it'll cut to you and then take the okay. ICO take the ICO pro and
2: then you know you'll end I was, up like at of bum. <laughs> I still work out every day, brother. Um I was uh at SummerSlam two weeks ago with Booker T and he, you know, he uses like the same thing. And I said, That's it, man. I said, We are going to get a gig with just for men with both of our beards being colored, you know? So <laughs> that's our next move. Did you uh did you ever take any ICO
1: pro? Were you given any? Or...
2: Oh yeah, it was garbage, <laughs> man. I I remember my 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 cabinets were filled with and I was what the? You Know he's that was so stupid. I, I, because I'm a collector,
1: as you, you know, as you can tell, I have an I, well, I had an Ico Pro gym bag at one point. Um, it's amazing well, how much people want this. Shit. <laughs> you know, um, you
2: know, the clo- the clothing probably was not that bad, but just the products, um, yeah, not, they just were not with the, the nutrition wise. I don't think it was there.
1: I heard that uh, underneath Titan Towers, they just dug a big ditch and <laughs> just dumped it all under.
2: <laughs> that or gave it away to third world country or something, I don't, I don't know.
1: i telling you though, if a if a, if a box of iCopro showed up on eBay, everyone would kill for it. Um, yeah. That's I know who problem. would probably win it as well. Um, <laughs> so did you and um, uh, Johnny Polo, uh, Scotty, did you go back? WCW or uh, pre WWF, or did you meet him for the first time? No,
2: no, I I don't ever recall meeting. I don't ever recall meeting him until um, until uh, they paired us up, and um, we get along fine. And, and I just I never felt that his he went with the character. Um, I just you know, I think he was better off doing his thing, and he would, he would later on develop develop. What he wanted to develop yeah. um, I, didn't, I didn't feel like a like a, a spoiled rich kid would be able to own a monster from three mile island you know it just it didn't, it didn't feel like it felt right
1: it, it didn't seem like i mean if there were i completely missed them but it, it didn't feel like there were any vignettes it was just one week atom bomb and then you know you see the 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 nuclear explosion and then you come out but there weren't any vignettes for you coming in was there it just kind of came out of nowhere
2: it did. It came out of nowhere. Uh, that's been the, that's the a time when they were on uh, going through a steroid trial so there was a huge budget cutting, slashing in every department. I'm surprised they even had, had a, a lighted stage for us to walk through. It's, it was bad, man. Um, and
1: was bad. The, the thing is, I mean, I, we don't have to go into this, but I mean by what I've heard from everyone, because of the trial and everything, everyone was clean. But those who were naturally big, such as yourself, yeah. you know, why wouldn't you get pushed, you know, or Kevin Nash or Lex Luger, et cetera. Um, was, I mean, I'm guessing Vince saw you for the first time and just the, the dollar signs flashed out of his eyes sort of thing. <laughs> uh,
2: it's, it's possible. Um, you know, that there was a lot of – there's always – there were guys that had been there a lot a longer than I had been there, like with Brett, uh, Sean, uh Randy. So there were, there was a there was a lot of still a lot of big talent and then of course yoko came in and got over immediately um and then they would bring back earthquake on occasion they would bring back different names so it was sort of a rotating wheel of talent you know
1: was it i mean even though adam bomb was insanely cool and the there were a lot of gimmicks around at that time did you feel that it would be an uphill struggle to get to the middle slash top of the card with a, a really, you know, comic book sort of gimmick sort of thing, not, you know.
2: Not really. I mean, it's like I, I started off at the top of the card. Like I said, I was in casket matches all over the world, not just US, on Coliseum videos. I, Bret Hart, Randy Savage. Uh, my very first match, which people will say was that in Worcester or it was on a, on a Saturday show or whatever, I actually, flew to a house show to work Taker and Sam, uh, Randy on my very first foot inside a WWF ring, which a lot of people don't know that, but that's that's the truth. So,
1: uh, with those matches, did I'm, I'm guessing you wouldn't have lost clean early on?
2: Um, I cannot remember. I honestly, I think we would worked a DQ or something. I'm almost positive that with it, it was like you know, it was a three way. Uh, almost positive it was a DQ. I, I don't, yeah, they. I would remember if they beat me like day one, I would remember that, yeah. Yeah, it it
1: almost feels like, I mean, the first time I saw you lose clean was at WrestleMania 10, and that's almost a year into uh, your run at that point. I mean, you know, you were kind of, you were booked very strong. Um,
2: yeah, they have this, uh, there's like a PW something that tells your entire history, I suppose it, and my winning percentage was like 76% or something. I, I don't know. That's pretty good. I mean, you know. Absolutely. Considering uh, you know, all the house shows and you gotta change things up and this guy goes over and back and forth. But it's all you know, it's all work, of course. But yeah.
1: Did did you feel that um it was too early or was there a disappointment that you weren't a part of SummerSlam that year in ninety-three?
2: Um well, it seemed like I had just gotten there and I was getting steam and I, they had, you know, they planned six months ahead of time or even a year on certain things, but they were they made up their mind of SummerSlam and the card and, you know, and I was getting there. I don't think I debuted until I, I don't know when I debuted, but it was.
1: I want to say May, around about May. The,
2: yeah. Yeah. So think about it. So sometime in May, then you get June, July, two months to get me completely over to get me into a pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know that's why probably waited till till Survivor Series.
1: Well, and and Johnny Polo, I mean, around July when the Quebecers came in, he was managing you you and the Quebecers. Uh, was there just a feeling that it just wasn't working with Adam Baum and Johnny Polo, and that's why they switched over to Harvey? And were you
2: involved in that process? Because it, it seemed like a really oh, yeah, quick switch. Yeah, I was, yeah I, I was involved in the process. Like I said, I just didn't feel like it. It, it was working with the comedy and me being so serious. Uh, He would come out in like a dressing gown and flippers, (laughs) you know, and trying to look really tough and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And so with that, and then uh, even with Harvey, Harvey was not the right answer by any means either. Uh, They could either let me go by myself or, uh, you know, I've heard other names mentioned that may have worked. It's just, it's hard to say. Harvey was a heat magnet, though. Um, yeah, yeah, but still, I just don't know if he went with the, with, with with my character.
1: I agree. I think everyone he managed seemed kind of odd for him to manage, except a guy like Big Bully Busick, who was kind of the the New York, you know, uh, little bowler hat. that worked with Harvey Whippleman. That sort of, you know, uh, right. yeah. small. He's a, he wants to be a gangster, but he's too small, so he'll get the bigger guy to kind of do the work for him sort of thing. So what I remember as well, after SummerSlam, Giant Gonzalez uh, turned face, and it felt like there was going to be something between you and him. Um, and that never happened.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It didn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember it was kind of weird. You had a match. And then I remember. him. No, coming- no, oh, we never had a match. Ever. No, 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 no. You were, you were having a match. And then he came out and he wasn't yeah, he wearing a cup. He was, was wearing the- like his street clothes, which
2: looked really weird for him because we're used to seeing the the uh, the furry yeah. bodysuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was just a one-time deal, and then I think he was gone after that. I don't, I don't think he had very good health. I, I don't know for sure, but I, you know, I, I'm glad, I'm thankful that that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. So- it would just be hard. It would be a hard match to to pull off, really.
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't think Undertaker has uh, still forgiven Vince for booking him against John uh, Gonzalez at WrestleMania. That's always still kind of joked about now. Um, yeah. So with uh, with Harvey, you kind of the Adam Bomb feud doesn't happen. So uh, sorry, the John Gonzalez thing doesn't happen. Uh, so it's a little while before you go into the, the earthquake match at WrestleMania 10, which was originally supposed to be earthquake against Ludwig Borger. Um, was that another just last minute thing? Cause Borger got injured and then I think just disappeared for a while. Um,
2: um, well, I, it was going to happen for a little while now, how long, I don't know. And, and when Ludwig left the, 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 the booking part of it, I don't know, but I do know that, um, I worked with earthquake about on a Europe loop prior to WrestleMania. I worked him for about probably 10 or 12 nights and we had a really good match put together, uh, considering he was six, seven, 400 pounds, you know, and I was doing all the flying and, and, and everything. Um, but we had a good match worked out that would have, um, it, it would have actually turned out pretty good, but you know, time restraints and, and all the other issues, you
1: know? so it, yeah. would have, it would have been a longer match It me because, I mean, the story usually is that Razor and Sean went too long and then they cut the 10 man tag. Your match was really short. Um, that was kind of there was a longer match planned, I'm guessing.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That was just a, that was the last second. OK, we at least do something. And that's what they did.
1: So out of interest, what was Ludwig Borger? I ask this because I've got a fascination with Ludwig Borger because there's not a lot known about him, really. Uh, what was he like to sort of, as a colleague and to work with? And did you team up with I, him at all? Uh,
2: I don't recall. I may have teamed up with him somewhere on a European loop. Um, that's possible. Um, I just remember him being uh, a badass, honestly, yeah. For what I... But you know a guy that you wouldn't want to mess with if you' you know not unless you had to um again I, again, that's you know that's just from my what I could He was he was very to to himself a lot um I think he'd been in Japan for a while prior to coming to work for Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but yeah he seemed like he was a pretty uh legit um tough guy so
1: uh, on that sort of uh asking about someone, uh, and I think I met you the same day that I met Howard Finkel, because you were in the UK together for Slam. This is about, just over 10 years ago now, and I've got my picture with you. Um, well, you've got much shorter hair, and you've got a really, uh, really cool leather jacket going on. Oh, um,
2: well,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, was that the first time you Oh, well, you, you probably saw the thing in 01, I'm guessing. Um,
2: uh, probably real briefly, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was that always like a sort of uh, that is a really cool connection that you've got that WrestleMania ten moment, um, and it does whether it's mental or not, it really adds some sort of comic relief because there's a lot of seriousness on that show, and I love that as a segment. But uh, you know, and Harvey really shines as well. So, like, did, did you like sort of reminisce about that when you met back up in the UK?
2: Um, he probably liked it and remembered it a little more because that was his little spotlight. So yeah, he probably he probably remembered uh a lot more about it than I did. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's okay.
1: Well that's the thing his in-ring angles there weren't as many for him as there have been okay. for you. Uh, so at, around that time then uh, uh Harvey I mean the the crash happens with Joey um and did uh, you're you're on the road with Harvey? I'm guessing that affected him just hugely. Did he take time off at that point? Because it was around that time that you turned uh, face as well.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you a, a strange story about that situation. Harvey was managing me, um, and it was Ocean City, Maryland, is where we were leaving from. Vince had ran the hell out of us for in Europe for ten or twelve days. And then back to the States with these TV tapings that were just hours and hours long. So you wouldn't get out of there till really late at night. And I think I had a Coliseum video that night that really didn't require Harvey. And I don't remember who I worked against or not. But I was supposed to ride back with those two that same night. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. The, the, The dark thing is as well is because that night was... Uh, a few weeks worth of TV would tape that night. Joey would show and, and up on TV. On
2: road, yeah. and being on the road that much work, working the guys way, way, you know, 290 plus days a year, plus appearances, plus it's, it's just too much. Hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it's really sad. So like you, you talk about appearances as well. Uh, you know, did I'm guessing you enjoyed stuff like the fan festival and, uh, like when you're a heel, though, do you have to at that time be you know bad to the fans, or you know could I you would, be a bit more loose? Even
2: if I was, even if I was a heel, I you know I've always been very fan friendly, very fan interactive. I'm on the internet sometimes all day long, just talking about different things in my career uh, or either merchandise or upcoming stuff. I, I'm I'm very uh, fan active, fan friendly. I have bookings from now until uh, December going, you know, at least once a month all over. I just got back from SummerSlam. Uh, I'm going back for uh, Cauliflower Alley Club convention. First time ever there.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: I've got got Albany, New York, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, Boston, Massachusetts, Huntington Beach, California. Just, you know, know, keeping me busy and also being interactive with the fans.
1: So it was never – because I remember you doing uh, Celebrity Softball – uh, you probably did Make a Wish, all that kind of thing. So it was just never a never an issue, even though you're tired and yeah, on the road it, and everything.
2: It, yeah, it, if it came to Make a Wish, um, and I was also the head judge for the powerlifting for the um, World, um, like uh, Paralympic type games that they oh, had cool. yeah. special Olympic Special Olympics in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, one year. Um, so I've been involved. I was always involved and have been. And anytime anyone asks me, um, I, had a guy, I had a guy send me a message um, last night. He bought a piece of merchandise from me. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to mention his name, but he just just uh, completed a battle against cancer and won. Uh, and so I'm going to, he doesn't know it, but <laughs> I'm going to send him the deluxe package with, with everything in it. No charge, just just because the you know, you know that's um, for him to be, be to be able to send me a message and to to think about me when he's the one who's suffering. as like, I, I'm gonna really uh, me and my wife have already put the package together. He's he's, he's he has no idea it's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you really like it. That's amazing. So you had you been on social because I know you've been on social media for a little while. Uh, but I don't. it doesn't feel like you've be, you were as active, certainly, as you are now, especially with your range of merch and uh, the fact that you're doing so many podcasts and really kind of putting yourself out there. So right. how much of a, a game changer was that for you? And did you realize that you still have so many fans out there?
2: I, I'm, I, honestly, I'm truly humbled by it. I, I think it's so cool that I go to these events and people are there with my merch on and uh, signing and talking and talking about any and everything. Uh, it's real cool. Um, and um, I, I enjoy it. It, it. you know, like, um, I'm very creative as far as my merchandise goes. Uh, I have like 19 different shirts on pro wrestling tees and then also wrestle merch central in the UK. Each shirt I designed, I do the colors like this military green because I'm a veteran. Uh, with all the colors and stuff, you can sort of get an idea of, of all the you know, I, you know. I, yeah, I do. I develop every, I put every single one together, the fonts, the colors, the works. Um, I have a graphics guy that I work with over in California, um, but it's all the details and stuff is what I think of, how I want it to look. And that same with Atom Bomb, with Wrath, both versions of Wrath, and Chronic. So I, you know, all three. And I also, um, you know, I, I, I own the trademarks, which was... Um, a little, a little tough to get, but I got all three. That's what I was going to
1: ask. I mean, obviously, you own them, so I guess you can go into it, but how does that work?
2: Because you would, WWE, you know what they're like. <laughs> absolutely. Well, here's the thing is that, that they let, now, when I say I own the merchandising rights, too, I own it for certain things, such as uh, action figures, t shirts, clothing. That type thing. I will I will never own the library and stuff that Vince owned. That's his. That, yeah. no, one's, no one's gonna ever get that. I don't want it. Uh let the fans enjoy it and watch it. But my stuff is like like I said, with the t-shirts. With, even with even with um when this came available a few years ago, I had my trademark attorney snatch it right up. Uh and and with Rath, I came up with that name. That was my creation. Trademarks. even Chronic in two thousand and one. If you go back to the you look through uh, the copyright, um, all their trans- transactions and records, and you will see my address, my name. I did it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just something that – it's just the creative side of me, I guess, you know, that I, that's what it boils down to, is that I enjoy it. I like making – I can come up with a new shirt every day, <laughs> almost. <laughs> and, it, you know, I just – and when I come up with an idea, I'll, I'll sketch it down and and do all the basics of what I think um, will work.
1: Well, when you uh, when you turned face in mid ninety four, um, was it a sudden turn? Because that is one thing I do I, I apologize. I don't think I've seen the specific face turn. Um, yeah. It, did you attack was. Harvey
2: or did you just? Well, it was a match with Quang. I think it uh, was. He, he yes. actually, yeah, he actually hit me with the uh, the great muda green mist like the week before, and then the following week um, he did something that cost me a match against Yoko. He cost me the match against Yoko, and then I went outside and got in a fight with him and picked him up and threw him on Harvey, or either I threw Harvey on him, whatever, uh, and then that pretty much just sort of, yeah, it was a very it was subtle turn. It wasn't like a, you know, they could have done more with it, but they, you know. You can survive a Three
1: Mile Island nuclear attack, but you can't survive Quang's Green Mist
2: yeah, I know. How about that? I didn't have I didn't have the I didn't have the goggles on.
1: There you go. See and, and look, January ninety-five calendar. Like I have a lot of Adam Bomb things. Uh have you seen some of the European stuff? I mean that's a British calendar.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I had a guy send me like a um it was larger than it was maybe eleven by fourteen photo that I never got to see before he sent it to me. And I actually made a poster out of it. Oh nice. Um, Okay. Yeah, real cool. Um, Because I never got to see it, I was like, "Damn, that's a really good photo." And
1: on uh, on that side, there's that's a German calendar, I believe. Um,
2: Wow, that's
1: cool. I've interviewed uh, Tom Buchanan, who will have taken most of your photographs. Yeah, Um, right. And Tom said that he loved working with the more over the top characters because, I mean, I love the background, the sort of industrial background and everything.
2: Do you remember where that was? Was that just backstage in Arena? Uh, well, now if it is, you might have to pull it down because I can't really see it. If it's, let's see,
1: there's a wall yeah, there.
2: Yes, it was. It was downstairs, like in the the boiler room or something. Yes,
1: that's cool. I, I was like, that's one thing missing from a lot of the photographs. Now they always um either Photoshop in the same background or. Uh, you know, they they don't accentuate the wrestler's gimmick, uh, you know, with the photograph, but
2: Adam Bomb always had uh, something extra. You know, and I actually did a photo shoot. I think it was when I was on the cover of that magazine, in that very photo. We did a photo shoot in, out in Las Vegas at the uh, secure nuclear zone. Uh, <laughs> and I was I, I actually got had to get a pass and everything, even though I was a former veteran. But I still had to get a a current pass to go on there, and they had some old empty bombshells and stuff that I would would pick up and take photos with. It turned out to be a damn good um, article and photo, and I think Vince Russo was the writer. He was writing for the magazine. The
1: one thing about Vince, uh, even at that time, I remember he showed up on an episode of Mania or Superstars or something, and this was 1994, and kayfabe was everything. And he was the first person to acknowledge that own heart was the Blue Blazer, on uh, you know it, with the magazine. So even back then, he was kind of uh, pushing the boundaries. So when you were doing stuff with the magazine, was that that's a whole other creative side? Did you feel that they were also trying to help? make the character you know make the character's aura basically and try and really push the character a little more
2: i th- i think so yes uh the the article that Vince russo did on me i thought a great one he even told me because he, he said he got it on his all on his wall in his office i said but well, i do too because i do i'm looking at it right here but nice. um yeah i mean it, he did a great job he was you know like i said i i enjoyed working with him
1: I know that photo shoot very well. It's like you're wearing sort of your civilian clothes.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Black, black pants and a tank top, basically. It's very sort of gloomy. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. So how how did Adam Bomb end up there? That's the question. Uh, was he just...
2: He could have been doing a little research. You never know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, so, um, moving a little forward, because when you turn face... Now,
1: I'm, I'm just showing off now, but I have... Um, I have these original Adam Bobchett in the packet. I can't take them out. The only reason I'm going to take these out is to hopefully get them signed by you one day. And then I'm going to frame them.
2: What Uh, did you pay? Just curiosity. What did you pay for those?
1: I I was given them for free.
2: Wow. Right. Those those are so hard to find.
1: Yeah. um, This is why like sending them in the mail, I would be devastated if they, Got lost we're gonna to have to figure something out because i want to get these to you to sign them if you don't mind so i can put them in a put them in a frame because i want an adam bomb uh, thing but something that you have for sale now this is an original but you can't tell that the new ones aren't originals it's insane
2: how did that I happen made, i made i made sure i'm like i'm very detail oriented like i told you with my t-shirts all my merchandise I have the goggles now. This are so cool. <laughs> yeah, and they're all every everything is to the max, including the footballs. And a matter of fact, the footballs, I did a, a series one of one through one hundred.
1: That's cool. So see every, that's
2: everyone is, is a limited edition. See uh, this I've really got a, I feel
1: awful that I haven't uh I need to get on your store. We're gonna pimp the store heavily here. Um see the thing is though. As a collector, and you know this, now that you've made replicas that are exactly the same, this isn't worth as much now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, and I sign every single one. I, I, that is I sign it anywhere they want it. And they, get, and they get a free, either one or two free eight by tens of me actually throwing the ball. That's good value for money. Did you ever injure anyone?
1: These are light.
2: If, These... if, I, if I issue, I could throw those things up to the third draft. <laughs> They could they will fly. Uh-huh. So, we at the
1: yeah. time were you um, involved in? Because you had a, t- you had a new T-shirt, you had a cap. I mean, those again. Try and find those anywhere now. Those are crazy. This is why we're so thankful that there's new Adam Bomb merchandise out there because you but can't find the old more,
2: stuff. There's more coming. I've got some really cool stuff that you guys have not even got to see that. You not? I'm not talking figures. I'm talking just Adam Bomb merch. That yeah. Something that will tie in perfectly with your man cave or, or, or your collection. Those, the, that kind of thing. That's uh, exciting. That's yeah. exciting. So you were involved in even back then? In, and, yes. I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you another quick story. They didn't have merchandise for me. And um, I took it upon myself to find a graphics artist person. I lived in Atlanta. And I found a graphics artist person. I came up with all, the, all my designs of what, what I should do. And I had him put them in a catalog for me, about five, six, seven pages worth of stuff. Had a meeting of events, knocked on his door, took him into him, and he popped. Loved him. He said, "You'll have merchandise in seven days." Seven days.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate the initiative. Um, no one had, no one had ever
2: done that. Yeah. And if it looked, and if it looked like crap. He would have said, uh, "Okay, uh, let me think about it." He didn't. He didn't even think twice. He was just like, he couldn't believe it, you know, because they were so colorful. And I had them on on black shirts. You know, back then everything was a white shirt. Well, I had them on a big, massive nuclear explosion with me in the middle of it on a black shirt. So yeah,
1: Tom. uh, When I interviewed him, I mean, uh, this is only slightly breaking kayfabe and shattering some illusions, but you mentioned your original shades, uh, the goggles. Yes. Um that the, the frames were too light. So he went to the merch stand and bought, a, he got a pair of Brett Hart shades and cut the pink out and put them in.
2: Oh, the, well, those, yeah, the plastic ones, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I knew that. I knew that.
1: <laughs> see, creativity though, he's a very creative yeah. man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that I don't, I'm sure Brett didn't like that. I mean, I wouldn't like it if it was me. You know what I mean? Because Brett's sunglasses were his sunglasses. My yeah. goggles are my goggles. Yeah, I, I did. I wasn't a big fan of those, just because I thought that it was taken away from Brett's, uh, which really probably didn't take much at all. You know, because he was such a merchandise machine.
1: He he really was. Yeah, I'm surrounded by some uh, Brett stuff as well. So the the goggles though that are released, I mean, they look like exact replicas. Um, yes. Did you or did Tom or yourself have the originals to hand so that you can make the replicas?
2: Um, now, are you talking about? what they are they're basically welding goggles is what they are Uh and then and then the welding goggles on the exterior you put on a a maroon rose colored sort of rose faded tint and that's the same exact tint that we put on those goggles where the class of the past meets the greatness of the present nick aldis
1: and cello toys are back with figure collections wait a minute that's us Chella Toys and Figure Collections are offering this exclusive Nick Aldis Megastars Wrestling Figure Limited with just 100 pieces. This is the first exclusive for Figure Collections and the first throwback style figure with a little bit of color, if you know what I mean. Buy the Nick Aldis Limited to 100 pieces today at shop.figurecollections.com. You can also pre-order the rest of the Chella Toys Wrestling Megastars line at shop.figurecollections.com. Adam Bomb is so cool looking that there's just a demand for Adam Bomb branded stuff because it just, it never dates. It always looks amazing. And
2: that's why I try to keep up, keep my pulse, handle the pulse of the the merchandising and the, the looks, the colors, the graphics, the schemes, all that stuff. You know, I have a, especially with just with the, the tag team chronic and then as Wrath, I have so many different versions of different stuff and stuff that I'm still working on all the time.
1: That's great. So what the one thing I want to ask about, um, I am such a huge fan of Brian Adams. I mean, I've painted this room purple and orange, <laughs> you know, because I'm such oh. a huge he's such a huge crush fan. And you can see him just about there on a German tour poster. Um you I don't know if you saw it, but I, well, I think it was the Yokozuna documentary that was just put up on the network. You know that little back and forth that you and Brian have before the Royal Rumble where you're in the locker room and you're arguing with each other. There's a little outtake of that. Did you see that?
2: It has been posted on Twitter. Yes, I did see it.
1: That that must blow your mind when that kind of footage just shows up after, what, 30 years? Like,
2: um, Yeah, I remember doing it. Um, yeah, well, we became so close. Once we became tag team partners, man, the absolute best guy. I could have never asked for any uh, another uh, another partner that was any better than that guy. I mean, I, I got lucky, man. He was just uh, the best friend, the best partner, the best travel guy, the guy to go to the gym with you. All around, man, just the best. And and I have
1: some uh, WCW questions from uh, listeners as well because I'm I'm shameful in my love of that era of WWF and I love WCW as well but there's a lot of stuff that I'm watching for the first time currently and that includes a lot of the chronic stuff and uh,
2: you, you need to watch some chronic because chronic kicks ass chronic
1: does kick ass because um, I'm I'm largely familiar with Raph and it's unbelievable the reception that Raph would get. Over time, um,
2: it just felt down, that's why,
1: yeah, it just felt like it should have. I know that you were meant to uh face Goldberg, and you know, that didn't happen. I'm, it, I'm guessing, would it be fair to say that Gold, Goldberg probably would have went over in that match, but it would have made you look and elevated you to an, the next level in the WCW rankings, did. sort of thing? Yeah,
2: it's like I said, at the end of the day, it's a work. Um, but we want to make it look as much as a shoot as possible. And Bill and I got along great, in and out of the ring. I worked with Bill over in Japan a lot. I worked him in the states. Uh, we would have had an excellent match, uh, no
1: doubt. I agree. I agree. It's it's it always blows me away that uh time you or Meng come out, uh, the reaction is always great, um, yeah. and it just. One thing that I mean, I, you've probably talked about it, that, but I don't really know what happened. It felt like Adam Bomb was very much on the rise. I mean, one of my favorite Coliseum video matches is you against Jerry Lawler. That's on a WrestleFest, and that's such a—it seems like such an odd pairing for a match. Um, is what? that on the
2: net? Is that on the network? Because I—I I don't even remember
1: that. It's on. Um, I don't think the WrestleFest. It's on WrestleFest '95. Um, and is it Peacock. Oh, I don't know. We don't get Peacock. Oh, okay. We're lucky we don't get
2: Peacock yet. So, <laughs> yeah, because they, yeah, they, they changed our music and all kind of stuff. They really, that, I was just like, who's music? It was, it's horrible. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what, you know. Whatever. This
1: is why I kept all my DVDs and videos and uh, <laughs> tape trading as well, because, you know, we still there's still underground tape trading going on, but we'll not talk too much about that. But um, so the Adam Bo- one story that I'd heard, was because you weren't for whatever reason you weren't at WrestleMania eleven but you were watching I WrestleMania was, you were I watching was, it with Alex Shane I've heard the British wrestler. Uh
2: I was I did a promo for the Special Olympics. Okay. So that, that was local that was shown inside the arena. Um, and it may have been on some local markets, but I did a special Olympics with me and a bunch of Special Olympians together. We did a commercial uh during one of the matches or something. That's all. That's all I did that that particular year. Yeah,
1: you were there for the uh, the Pam Anderson commercial as well, weren't you? Uh, um,
2: yeah, I was. I was on Venice Beach filming for I don't know three four days at least. What, what was you like? Well, I was first, so <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my wife. My had to hear that. She knows. Like, uh, she knows. I joke about it all the time. <laughs> uh, no, I got some great pictures of, of us together on the beach and stuff. She was, she was fine. Really cool. Um, easy to get along with uh, no ego that I remember whatsoever. Very nice lady. Again, we got some great pictures together. Had a good time. So, yeah.
1: Were there any other good that, that time period, 94, 95, it seemed like there were celebrities, not just at WrestleMania, but every paper like Chuck Norris, Leslie Nielsen, um, so, uh, were there any that you were kind of really excited about meeting who you were a fan of and you can tell me who was who was the pain who was the pain in the ass who,
2: who
1: yeah who um, I've heard Lawrence Taylor oh. was a bit of a bit of a nightmare
2: <laughs> uh, not for me okay. uh, maybe with some guys I, I get along with them okay I, I'm a former football player too so I you know um, I enjoyed meeting William Shatner and Chuck Norris um, who else did you name
1: Oh Leslie nielsen we yeah yeah, we, yeah.
2: everybody they were all every, all were fine uh, Little girls, Richards, I, Jenny Garth from uh Jenny garth from nine two one oh she was um there uh, yeah, a lot of people that always you know I, 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 I I'm not real impressed by meeting celebrity is celebrity, it's a job, sort of what I do is it's a job, you know, I enjoy it, and stuff, but you know. It's not like a, an ego boost kind of you know what I mean' I'm not you know
1: no I, I, I get it, and and the thing is as well, you are the stars of that show, so you don't want to you know
2: yeah. m-
1: mark out too much, I guess, but yeah. did Brian ever talk about because he was the original kiss demon, um, was there yeah, any disappointment
2: that was also offered to me?
1: <sighs> I did not know that, and you turned that down, that killer gimmick. <laughs>
2: I've turned I've turned a couple things down in my career.
1: I no regrets on turning the Kiss Demon down, though. I guess no,
2: no. <laughs> I, I honestly and, and Brian knew also he did just for maybe a week. The perfect person to do it was Dale Torberg. Yeah. Dale Dale's a good athlete, former pro baseball player, uh, the biggest Kiss fan ever, even to this day. Uh, he was perfect, great look. That's the right guy.
1: So Brian just immediately felt uncomfortable
2: doing Yeah. because yeah, you could tell it was him, <laughs> like, you know the way. Yeah, one... <laughs> yeah, you, you. He knew that it was not a good choice.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I, I want to know so much more about uh, Brian Adams as well because again, I'm such a such a mark for for him, and we could probably we won't, but we could probably do a whole well, hour.
2: You're do, you're doing yourself an injustice if you do not watch the chronic matches. Bash yes. the Beach, when we won the titles, we won on two different occasions. But even all the squash matches, just uh, matches against Rey Mysterio and Huvatu Guerrero, Billy Kidman, uh, matches go on and on, and just high flying and stuff that moves that you don't even see today. So.
1: Myself and Alex, uh, my my other co-host, just watched uh, War Games 2000, which was uh, which was a crazy one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like in the UK, uh, we got WCW on. Oh, I think it was Channel Five by that point. Uh, we got worldwide, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but it was really funny. Whenever because it was so censored that if someone got hit over the head with a chair, there would be a Batman pow sign. Um, okay yeah the we call it terrestrial television which i guess is kind of like um the your basic cable package or whatever like they did not take wrestling too seriously which i thought was uh, which i thought you know was a shame cuz wrestling was probably their hottest show uh WWF or wcw but um
2: oh yeah i mean wcw carried tbs which was ted turner um got that um station off the ground
1: absolutely um one of the one of the other things i remember i i'm guessing you probably remember this it was one on one of the wwf tours one of my favorite shows of all time is a morning show called the big breakfast it was just completely wild and crazy and you you were in the gym i think medusa was there the bushwhackers uh possibly brett and you were interviewed in the gym do you remember this at all and i think the bushwhackers <laughs> walked off with the host over their shoulders you know
2: that sounds the big breakfast. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. did you do a lot of um, UK promo? Because even when oh, WCW yeah, came over, I did, it was-
2: I did even I did a. Um, I want to say it was a Verizon cell phone commercial back then. Uh, I've got a copy of it somewhere through all my my stuff. Um, I did all kind of stuff like when in the Philippines, I would do commercials and and, and local stuff and go visit um, uh, children's homes and just a little bit of everything. Yeah.
1: What we need is, cause I'm guessing you've got some gems in your archive. We need the Brian Clark YouTube channel. I think.
2: But the YouTube channel.
1: I think so. I've, I've, I'm sure you've got some real hidden gems.
2: Oh, um, I, I do. I, I, like I said, I kept, um, I was very good about keeping every tour that I went on and I, I had posters from arenas and stuff. And so I, I kept a lot of stuff just, you know, just like I had the all Japan titles, they're rep but I had the all Japan, I had the WCW titles, Um, you know, stuff that I won. I'm not, I'm not a belt collector. Uh, and, And if you go through my house, there's nothing else that's wrestling. This is my, my man cave with my, my wrestling accolades, my collegiate football, uh, my father's military flag above and then of course all my military uh stuff and all and then um you know that's it's like I said it, it's more military and some football and and, and wrestling combo. Well
1: I'm, I'm almost certain that to your right uh yes. I'm hoping that you're right. There's a, a poster with uh Brian on there. Um
2: this?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh it's the oh
2: Oh. <laughs> that, so go. that that is what you're missing. You need to go watch. I tell you what, after you watch Chronic dominate, breaking necks and cashing checks, <laughs> then, then you message me and say, Brian, you were right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, with Chronic, you own
1: Chronic. So, do you have, obviously, I mean, Brian has been on, there's a new Chronic t shirt out there. So, do you have? Yeah. Say over what Brian can be on as
2: well um, at at the current time i do um and that's simply for the fact that um you know I paid for all the lawyer fees, all the research all the um everything uh, and um i I'd reached out to his family at once at one point at one point about uh, would you like to go in with me to to produce and or pay, you know, help me pay because there is a big cost to get a trademark and to get it licensed. And There's a lot of there's so much there's a lot of a huge amount of legwork plus promoting it. Uh, but I haven't heard anything back. Um, and if they want to, if they if, if um, his family or, or anyone that wants to um, participate, absolutely, hundred percent, yeah. So did
1: you, I'm guessing you, you stood in contact with Brian's family. Um...
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we still, if, not very often, but we will message on Facebook and stuff, you know, back in 01, when I did this, um, when I trademarked it for the first time and we were still, cause we came up with the name, everything, the spelling over the look, the font, the, the, all of it. Hmm. Uh, Brian really just didn't have an interest in doing it. He just didn't think, um, I just don't think he was thinking forward with it. Um, and I said, well, I, I'm going to do it. I said, I'm, you know, I'm just letting you know. And, and you know, he, I, he gave me his blessing. Yeah, go ahead and do it. I don't, he, he didn't care.
1: Was that laid-back Hawaiian gimmick a shoot then? Was he just kind of – He
2: was um, – he knew. He was very laid-back, yeah, but he knew when to zing somebody, and when he did, it was relentless. <laughs>
1: So being called chronic as well, you've probably been asked this. I mean, did you get given just endless amounts of weed? Um, yeah, did you- that's that's the thing. Neither one of us were smokers. It's a
2: gimmick. <laughs> we, yeah, but still, we, if, if a if a marketing but, company or you know, but like- absolutely. But and now, weed we is. I live in Arizona, so you can go to the corner store and buy weed if you want it. I just I don't smoke, so you know, it's not my thing. But my point being is that it also had chronic beatings, chronic. Everything you know, it had that dual meaning of chronic, hey 420, high time. So we tied into all that. We didn't, we weren't afraid to go and use that name and, and the gimmick and stuff, but mm-hmm. we were not, we were not smokers to sorry if I disappointed anybody. <laughs> it just, it, it, I don't like, I don't like smoke. I don't like, I was smoke.
1: thinking maybe that's why your eyes were, you know, uh, green <laughs> from, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, now you're going back to Adam Bob. Chronic, <laughs> did, not, chronic did not have green eyes.
1: See, I would like to think the fact that you've got glasses on now you've maintained in the cafe I, yeah
2: I, the only reason I have glasses on now I had two i, I had recently I've had two eye surgeries um this healing up pretty good, but at times too much screen time on the computer will uh irritate ir, my eyes would really irritate this particular one, and it'll even water a little bit, so yeah, I sort of it's not a k fa thing Oh, it's not it's like i said, it, it's a couple of eye surgeries that I've had. And they, they look pretty good, you know, it's just that a matter of the, the whole screen that, that's the only reason. What were the were the contacts uncomfortable to wrestle in? Actually, yeah, because like for example, these are prescription lens, just like the contacts were prescription lens. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not just like looking through a cloud of smoke. I can see everything, the bees.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, how yeah. did you keep your tongue red? Was that kind of like if you... oh, come
2: on, that was easy.
1: <laughs> the Which George I... Animal Steel gimmick, just with red instead of uh, green.
2: Yeah, but what what was it?
1: I don't know. I'm guessing uh, too many gobstoppers or something like that. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So I've had a few questions from uh from listeners. This is the first time I'm reading a couple of these, but I swear it's nothing inflammatory and there's nothing we need. We don't need our lawyers on the phone for any of these uh, questions. Um. So. Obvious question uh, from Bradders85 at HWO Bradders. Um, will you be coming back to the UK at any point?
2: If I've got, I've got my passport. I am ready. So all they got to do is make the call, agree on an agreement, and I would absolutely love to.
1: You have too much merch, cool merchandise, and you're not in the UK enough. And people, there is a demand. Hey for you. man,
2: it, it's it's not on my behalf. I you, they said the word man. I'm there. So if they got a connection, if somebody wants to bring me in, I'll be more than happy. I, I love the UK. Uh,
1: that's great to hear. And he says, as a side note, uh, can you make it known to him that uh, your Twitter interaction with followers is well appreciated and fantastic to see. Uh, one of many shine, shining lights over the past year or so, with everything going on in the, on in the world. Um, I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah. Tell him thank you very much and. Uh, I'm still getting my feet wet on Twitter. I'm at at real Ryan B R Y A N Clark on Twitter. No, uh, I'd love for you guys to come on, and uh, I'll try to chat it up with just about everybody if I can.
1: That's really cool. Um, Colossus at Colossus Nick. Um, if you could be in a four pack of figures with three other people, uh, who would it be, and why? I guess it doesn't have to be wrestlers. You could be in a four pack with you know Chuck Norris and Jesus and.
2: Oh, I would. It would be me, Crush. So we would be be either Chronic or it would be their Atom Bomb and Crush. The other two I would probably put in, um, probably uh, Randy Savage and um, Stan Hansen. Nice, that's a that's a Sharp left
1: turn. Uh, did you get to, you went to WCW together when he was, um, when he was US champion. So I'm guessing Stan? you had, yeah, you had in 1990, you had no interaction.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, very little. Like I said, I was there for a cup of coffee, bring me in one match, fall on my face, get him out of here. But I just wasn't ready. Now, yeah. now I'll tell you a significant role that Stan played in, in what I consider the pinnacle of my career was winning the All Japan titles in Osaka in an arena that was sold out to the Raptors. There were 60,000... I, I can't remember how many people were there. But we won those titles. Stan Hansen was on a tour, and he presented me and Brian with the All Japan titles. Streamers rolling down. I mean, place went crazy. It was just... Un- it doesn't get any better than that.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, no. So uh, Nick, um, we, because we talk about your Hasbro figures, so... I'm guessing it's always special for you when you see an action figure, because there was going to be a Bendham figure of you, which I'm sure you have probably talked about, and it ended up being unreleased. Do you have it? Do you have it in a drawer? Come on. (laughs) We want to see it.
2: (laughs) I'm not saying anything.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Is this a legal thing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, Not, not Not in a bad way. Oh, okay,
1: um, and and because um, you do sign stuff uh, that you sell on your store, um, he's asking, uh, "Do you... I sign
2: everything? However they want it, I will sign it any way they want it." That's good. Cool. Footballs, goggles, uh, all the eight, all the new twenty twenty one eight by tens that I've put together, uh, including the Tom Fleming, which was the Marvel comics. Yeah, anything however they want it, they just give me the direction and I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah.
1: That's, that's very cool. Did you ever see, um, I'm guessing you probably got it, the Colosseum video stamp of yourself as a cartoon. Uh, I don't
2: know. I, did that ring a bell.
1: I have a lot of those. I'm going to send you one over. Um, oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Awesome. I'll
1: do I'll do that. I'll show you a picture of it soon. Uh, I'll grab it off. I've got the set on the wall and I've got tons of them. So I'll send, I'll oh. send you over some. Um, okay. From uh, at Patriot underscore Dan underscore C. Um, the green card Hasbro figure of Adam bomb is one of the most sought after of the line. Uh, did you have an input on the figure? And most of all, do you own one? I'm guessing you own one or I own, many.
2: I, I own more than one. <laughs> I have, I have quite a few. Um, I didn't really have any input on it. No. Um, if I did, they would have got it right because they didn't get it right. <laughs> Chela, Chela got it right. Yes. Chella has the gloves. The original does not have the gloves. Chela has removable goggles. And Chella has the glowing eyes. So That's na- one thing I didn't know. Okay. You take the goggles off, the eyes glow, man. Cella nailed
1: it. That's awesome. And, and such a great pose. That's like the big man gorilla press pose, as it should be. Yeah. Um, he also asks, uh, if, you could have, if you could have a manager who you didn't have in your career, who would it be?
2: Oh, man not that he would have actually fit with me, but Bobby Heenan, of course, I absolutely love Bobby. Um I'm trying to think of someone that would fit.
1: Luna, Luna and Adam bomb, I think would kind of,
2: no, 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 no. I, it's gotta be a, someone who has a history of being a complete badass throughout their career. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a Paul Ohlendorf, maybe, maybe Kevin Sullivan, maybe, Kevin Sullivan would be cool. You know, I yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more along those lines.
1: I interviewed Kevin Sullivan and all he wanted to talk about was the history of British wrestling. I don't think I got to ask him like a single uh question because he's so knowledgeable. Um, yeah. you know, it, unbelievable what he knew. Um, so at Sean Cold, um, his question is: what are your memories of the two Royal Rumble matches that you competed in '94 and '95? Um what is it like? during a rumble match waiting around to enter late in both rumbles because you were like number 30 and number 29 in those uh in those rumbles
2: Um, yeah i mean it's just like sort of as far as what is it like waiting it's like being at a regular arena show waiting for your turn if you're semi main event or main event you know it's nothing different really uh and then uh i don't really remember a whole lot about rumbles you know they just had their they had that it was scripted and how they wanted okay you go out you're out you're out it's down to you three now then you two you know just just like that really not not a whole lot to it really w-
1: was it crazy having dick murdoch there in Oh five? man,
2: yeah. <laughs> At, and i got a story about that too man yeah i'll be here talking all night so it no it's night. okay well I, I don't want to keep you all night so um yeah, I, I I had heard all the legendary stories of Dick Murdoch, and he'd been in the locker room for a couple of days. So we end up at the the, the pay per view was at the Sun Dome in Tampa, mm-hmm. and we were all at the bar of the hotel, and I got to sit down and drink it up with Dick Murdoch, man. Just, <laughs> I mean, it was I was just like, I don't care if this place closes, but I'm sitting down with this man and having some beer. It was great. Oh,
1: that's amazing.
2: Absolutely. He had I had a blast, man. He's so funny. And they they kind of brought him on as an agent
1: as well, but it didn't last too long because I don't think he fit the corporate uh mold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys that closed bars down. You know, I, I loved being around him. It was it was I will never forget that.
1: What, one of my favorite teams of all time is Adonis and Murdoch. Um that's sort of 83, 84 um stuff like th- when they're on screen especially with vince they're just ribbing vince all the way through it they do not care <laughs> Like just you know
2: <laughs> he's one of those old texas guys he did not care
1: yeah absolutely um my uh, podcast uh, co-host uh who's introducing me to a lot of the 2000 uh stuff he's such a huge fan of chronic um smart man Alex, um, well, if, for me, if you could say hello to Alex and Mason, uh, that would be great. Mason's his son.
2: Alex and Mason, hello. This is Brian Clark, and I'm glad you're digging that chronic, bro, because we are undefeated steamroller. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Mason's, uh, oh, God, he's he's younger than 10, and
1: he's watching 2000 WCW, so he's being exposed to a lot of uh, crazy things <laughs> at a young age. Um, so he asks uh, – Were you always going to be a part of the Glacier versus Mortis feud? Um, Like when you, when you find out, how did it, how did you come to be involved?
2: Um, Well, after uh, I left uh, WWF on my own decision, I left and I had about six months left of my contract. And so I went over to the UK and I worked for a company called Hammerlock.
1: I know it. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I worked that time for Hammerlock until my contract uh, was finished up and I could go and sign. And I'd already made a connection with Eric Bischoff, I'd already had a good working relationship with him. And I immediately signed a three-year contract and was to be part of the Blood Runs Cole. yes. That was part of the, that's what I was gonna do initially, yes.
1: So what was uh, what was Glace you like to work with? Um...
2: Easy, easy. G- good guy, professional. Uh, one of the nicest guys in the business, uh, very easy. Ernest Miller, same thing. Um, he was green, and we, you know, we were training him and getting him because he was coming from a, a shoot uh, world champion kickboxer. So we had to teach him a lot of stuff, but he caught on and, and did real well. Had a good career and did, of course, the wrestler movie and, and a lot of other things. Um, and then um, Chris Canyon, my partner, uh, oh, Chris, great worker, innovator, Chris. yeah, just had a lot of demons. Had a lot of demons, but um, great innovator. Um, good to work with, but, man, I, I couldn't travel with him. I couldn't travel with him and uh, Vandenberg. I was the lone wolf because I couldn't – they were always going at it, and I didn't need the stress. road's hard enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. I can, like I, can I
1: just say as well, because the, loving the era of wrestling that I love, and, and you know what it's like. You, so many of your colleagues, sadly, aren't here anymore, but very few – Particularly affected me like the Chris Canyon one. That was so sad, um, and yeah, yeah d- hugely, hugely missed. And someone that I wish I could have got a chance to meet. Um,
2: well, what's that old saying about sometimes if you meet your heroes, you'll be disappointed, or if, you know? Oh, really? I, I know. <laughs> and, I, and I and I don't I don't I don't know how Chris would be in today's world. He would probably be very happy, but during that time, he was very unhappy um you would think him him doing all the stuff he was doing and uh in the business that he loved he would be more happy but he was just a very unhappy person and i think that all contributed to you know his downfall Mm -hmm. unfortunately i mean you know we got we got along probably 95 percent of the time if if not more i i don't you know just but again um I just knew that when it was time to travel, that I, I would be better suited to be by myself and not. I just, I, you, like I said, the road's hard enough; you don't need stress.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Um, well, Alex also asks as a as a last question: uh, How did Chronic come to end up facing Goldberg and Muta in Japan? Uh, it just seemed like a strange pairing.
2: Well, uh, they were. Um, oh, that well, you know, they mixed things up over there. Um, just like when we won the titles from Kia and uh, the great Muda uh, in Osaka. But but they would change those tours up. Sometimes in Japan, you know, you'll go, you'll have a tag, and then, of course, they'll keep, if you're a tag tag, like me and Brian, well, they'd keep us together, but they would interchange Bill and Muda and then um, Jim Steele and, and Bart Gunn, uh, just different Steve Williams, Dr. Death. Yeah, uh, they would There would be like a six-man tag one night. Uh, so it always varied. They, you know, they always try to keep uh, keep fans guessing. That's cool. Uh, and, and such a
1: big talent roster as well, especially when you're dealing with oh, WCW. It's just endless possibilities of uh, of names that you could work with. I mean, that's the thing. Also watching, you know, the funders and the nitros is just, they'd bring in, say, Leilani Kai out of nowhere. And I'd be like, oh, wow, okay, cool. And then you get to see her in different situations. Like, you know, I always like things that I've, I Would never expect it to have happened, like that's why I love that Jerry Lawler at a bomb match. It's just a it's it's kind of a clash, and I don't know what you thought of that match, but it's just kind of something unique. What, like, what was it on? What did you say? What was the it's name of R- the- WrestleFest 95. Um,
2: oh, okay, all right, I'll see if
1: I can remember that. Yeah, um, it, and it was one of those uh, one of those scene video things. So, before we wrap right. up and uh, talk, Chella, um, okay. the and I know you've been asked about this, uh, but I'm just so fascinated by it. Uh, the WrestleMania, the arcade game, the fact that you were meant to be on there—that um, just coincided with you leaving, I guess. So it was just,
2: yeah, I think so. I think um, you know he figured if I was not there, why have him in the game? That's that's my guess. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway because, like I said, he was spending all of his money keeping himself out of prison. He wasn't paying the guys <laughs> anything. So that's why I went to Ted Turner and made five times the amount of money. <laughs> you know, you got to. You know, I mean, I love the business and I would do it for free almost, yep. but I had a family, and so you know, you have to make money. And and were you not seeing it even with the the merchandise at that point? No, wow. absolutely no. So whatever was coming in was going out the door to Jerry McDivitt or whoever his attorneys were.
1: Yeah. Um And that's a shoot, brother.
2: <laughs> um, so hey, I, uh, I just I just talked to uh, Medusa, uh, two, you know, two weeks ago in, in SummerSlam, and we were just talking about uh, talking about how brutal the pay was. We we couldn't believe it. But this is the biggest company in the world. This is this is it. This is great. No, it's not. Yeah. It, I'm- yeah. I talk
1: about someone who, in my opinion, needs to be on TV every week. Get Medusa on commentary. I think she's so fun when on camera. Um, she, Again, she does not give a shit. Like, she's so politically incorrect, but in the best possible way when she's on TV. She's not trying to tow any company line. And I'm just like, more of that on TV, please. Uh, there needs to be more edginess, I think. Um okay. In my opinion. Uh, but yes, the uh the Chella uh action figure, this is hopefully the start of a beautiful relationship with Cella. And uh you know yes. we uh who are we to say if there's more to come or not? Um but the
2: uh <laughs> I was a betting man. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the Adam thank, Bomb make your money on Adam Bomb. And
1: uh hopefully, you know no i can't say i can't say anything but the uh the cello action figure it looks so good i can't wait to see it uh on card and uh the photograph that's going to be used for it and uh just the even the concept drawings i'm as a fan like i said particularly of 1993 something that commemorates anything from that year is is good in my book and uh uh, yeah I I can't wait and that's going to be out very very soon and uh, with regards to everything else that you're doing with Tom Fleming uh, where can people, you're on Pro Wrestling Tees there is now a European store and I don't, I'm assuming your stuff's on the European store do you know if it is or not? On uh,
2: well, the European store I have about four pages of merchandise at that's least. True.
1: I need to get on the European store what and start you... saving some money Like
2: yeah, yeah Merch Central UK hoodies, shirts, T-shirt, coffee mugs, beach towels, works. I um, also have masks
1: as well with the, yep. yeah. Two,
2: two different styles of masks. I just did another one. I've also, uh, I'm in process of, um, I just got trademarked uh, bomb gear, which is going to be a uh, uh, athletic um, apparel for men and women. So I'm also working on that right now. Also, Um But for my merchandise, for people that want specific photos, the goggles, the footballs, that kind of stuff, that is at eBay, my eBay store. And that is at Adam, A-D-A-M, bomb, all one word, lowercase, Adam bomb dash chronic, K-R-O-N-I-K. And there you will see everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, all links will be posted below the show as well. And uh, we will continue on the official Cella podcast on our other podcasts as well. Uh, We'll be pushing the hell out of everything. Um, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, um, we we are honoured that, like, Chella. Oh, yes. You have a surprise.
2: (laughs) Yes, I, I love it. Yeah. This is this, this is Skyler. She is a Scottish Sheltie. She's just waking up. Tell them, baby. She's, oh. she's fifteen months old, and she's she's getting over, bro. She's done UK, Puerto Rico, Australia. See beyond. <laughs> she she is my this is my COVID baby. She's beautiful. And, oh, she is. Did uh, you, you got her during lockdown? Or? oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we've had a flight to Dallas, Texas to get her. And she is she's she's so loving, man. Look at her waking up. (laughs) She's been laying on my feet sleeping the whole time. I'm telling you, there's your merch seller. Just get her on every. Hey,
1: listen,
2: yeah. This is a shoot. I just did a show um, two days ago, and it is a uh, it's a UK. (laughs) It's it's a it's a UK. She has nine thousand nine hundred hits in just like no time her the clip the clip is her, of her mm-hmm. the clip is of her just like you know you can tell it's me in the background <laughs> but it getting herself over i know what she's, she's getting doing. herself over yeah, yeah that's time it. it's not <laughs> working yeah, i know what's going on <laughs> oh she's beautiful <laughs> oh
1: now, yeah. if, you come, if you come to the UK, we've got to find a way to get her over as well. Oh <laughs> man, yeah.
2: Well, should we? Should we? Should we? You know, should probably have her own, own limo, her own jet. I mean. <laughs> oh but, well, yeah. Brian, probably... um, yeah. you know,
1: because I've, I've uh, probably we have probably went the hour Broadway and probably a little bit more as well, and everyone's waiting to get the last uh, sure. last bus home and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did, did you like wrestling last? Because you miss room service and all that kind of thing, or
2: Oh um, yeah, that was tough. You, the way me and Brian would do it—go uh, back go go to your chronage, uh, chronic uh, research there. But what me, me and Brian were pros at it, man, because we'd be either semi main or main all the time. And so we would be in the, as soon as we got in the car, we would be calling the Hilton or where, wherever we were staying, and ordering our room service to, and tell them to have it. Just send it to the room so mm-hmm. that we would eat, man, because we were starving, you know. But yeah absolute pros
1: you you knew what you were doing and and when you were in the gym together was it uh was it a competition all the time in the
2: gym Uh, no no we we just trained man to look as good as we could I think Brian looked his best ever uh when we were tag team partners and you can look at the photos and Brian had dieted down I stayed on him about his diet making sure that he would not you know go have because Brian was a a Hawaiian boy he loved his fruits and could eat an entire pie and (laughs) <laughs> you know? so I was like you cannot be doing that <laughs> you're killing our <her> gimmick <laughs> yeah Brian was never he was never ripped he was always huge but he got he got ripped yeah. like that photo that photo I showed you there yeah that's that's the best shape he'd ever been in and uh, it paid off man three time world tag team champion brother absolutely and and do you have a favourite match and a favourite opponent oh boy is that too much person, is it what well, is well, there's so many, man. There's so many. Uh, as a single, I really enjoyed, and it was just a, it was a battle. We battled so many times before to to beat Ming at Howling Havoc in '98. Yeah. When I got him in that meltdown, and the biggest thing about that was that everybody in the back didn't think I could do it. All the boys, all the boys, was like, "You're not gonna be, you're not gonna get him in the meltdown," because he was 320, maybe 330. I don't know exactly, but I did it. And so that was uh, you know, a receipt there. Um, and then of course the all Japan titles with with Brian. I could have, like I said, could not have asked for a better person, or a partner, friend. Uh, and then to have Stan Hansen present us the straps, man. You know, just off the top of my head. But there's so many more. Yeah, plenty, a lot, a lot more.
1: there's so many fascinating facets to your career that there's something for everyone with the merchandise as well that you know. I'm um, I'm just so excited that there's so much Adam Bomb stuff out there now. I know Alex in particular is really excited that there's chronic stuff out there. Um, the fact that you potentially can release more Brian Adams stuff in whatever way, that is I mean, that is everything. Well,
2: it, it will be when I said that it will be chronic stuff. It won't be Brian Adams. That's yeah. his family and his that's his own persona. Yeah, but as a teen, yeah. That that oh. is trademarked by me, yeah. You know
1: what? Anything that reminds the fans and gets him in the spotlight again is... Sure. is
2: and he deserves it, man. Like I said, a wonderful man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, it, it it's truly been an honor. And uh, I, it's the fact that I get to host an official cello podcast means that I get to interview, you know names that i never thought i'd get to chat to so you know i do not take it for granted and the fact that you've given me you've been so generous with your time and uh, i'm sure we'll be in contact again over the cello figure i'll be getting you to sign some uh figures for me as well i think um you know um got to to, to use your position of power you know where you can
2: (laughs) speaking of that while i'm here i would like to say a big huge Thank you, above and beyond, to my Ireland CEO, Jonathan O'Dwyer, who is the uh, Pro Wrestling Defined podcast owner, director, and CEO of that, but also has a massive uh, partnership with me and all the stuff that we are doing. And uh, he's a great guy, and I'm blessed to have him as uh, not just a friend, but as uh, a co-worker in in all of this
1: that's really cool and I, I know for a fact myself and mark to help promote the figure will do a show on your career as well so it will be fully well researched all chronic matches will be watched um and yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that so i want to thank everyone for tuning in to this very special episode of the official cello toys podcast thing, brother i'm gonna i don't look i don't look quite as good um
2: Hey, and I'm an old guy. Come on, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're not old. It's that nuclear. Uh, exp- it keeps you looking yeah, young. That you is know? true. Yeah, yeah,
2: that is that's helping me. It's a good right. exfoliator. You know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yes, thank you again for tuning in, and please check out the archives on BBGWrestling.com. Tons of names that you will have heard of that we've been lucky enough to contact, and uh, do check out cello Toys. Buy, 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 buy everything. Buy, buy it all. Mortgage your house and buy everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, we will see you all next time. Thanks for having me.